Hello, Alyssa. Hi. So nice to see you again. So nice to see you. For our club. <laughs> our cookie club. Our cookie club. My name is Yale. Hi, I'm Alyssa. We are your co-hosts yep. this evening. Yeah, and in case you didn't already know, this is, in fact, Christian Cookie Club. Christian Cookie Club. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Last week, Alyssa, we made a grave mistake. What did we do? We forgot to open in prayer. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I do not want that to happen again. Yeah, no. It was, uh, it was, uh... Well, it happened. Yeah. Regrettable. Mm-hmm. Now we're here this week, having not been smoted by God. <laughs> By some miracle. Yeah. Still breathing. Mm-hmm. Dear God, thank you so much for this night. Thank you for waking us up today. Thank you that we got to spend today at church. Lord God, thank you so much that we get to spend this hour with each other. God, you are the creator of the universe, master of all matter. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for Alyssa. Thank you for anybody listening, and we pray that you bless this podcast, and you bless the rest of our evening. Thank you so much, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. I think I forgot to mention a couple of African countries and most of the world there, but (laughs) I hope this covers our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, today, we are covering C.S. Lewis mere christianity we're starting book two what christians believe we're finally tearing into it yeah really getting beneath the surface of what it means to be a christian in reality yeah yeah chapters one and two are the rival conceptions of god and the invasion oh Alyssa, i'm very excited for today's episode but before we can get started, we have an icebreaker question. Yay! My famous cheesy little icebreaker questions. Okay. It's a whole month famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, so my icebreaker question today, Yale, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Because we've just entered December and yes. thrilled about it. Praise thrilled God. about Christmas. Love it. Birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Look forward to it every single year. Tell me, what is your favorite Christmas film? Mm. Mm. It's a toss-up between A Christmas Story and Elf. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Okay. I still haven't seen A Christmas Story, but Elf is iconic. Absolutely iconic. Yeah. Love it. Will Ferrell, iconic. Love it. He's a big elf. <laughs> Will Ferrell's always just so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> What's your favorite Christmas movie, Alyssa? My favorite Christmas movie, <laughs> oh man, is called Klaus. Yeah. It's a Netflix original and it came out, I think, last year and it's animated. It is so good. It's so good. It's so funny. And um, I cried a lot at the end, admittedly. You haven't seen it yet. Oh my gosh. Highly recommend. So good. Were you crying because Klaus became Santa? No. <laughs> um, it's not about Santa Klaus. It's okay, it's like it's like his origin story kind of, but like a take on his origin story. Love that. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. Well, his origin story will always be the Woody Allen version to me. What's that? What the Santa Claus. Oh, the Santa Oh yeah. Yeah, where he's yeah. like a divorced dad and I think he lives in a mansion. Yeah, that might just I, be no, real Woody Allen. I think it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a real I, Woody I get Allen. real Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. And the Santa Claus Woody Allen confused all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, you think he is actually Santa Claus in real life. Yeah. 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 Because, like, why not? Well, he is. Oh. I think he is. You think? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting off track debating about who <laughs> Santa Claus is. Okay. Um, Let's get into the meat of this podcast, Alyssa. Yeah. Book two, what Christians believe. So chapter one is the rival conceptions of God. It begins, um, if you are a Christian, you do not have to believe that all the other religions are simply wrong. 
if you are a Christian, you are free to think that all those religions, even the queerest ones, contain at least some hint of the truth. So, um, I have a note here, but what do you think about it? Well, I underline the whole sort of block. Because um, there's a portion in the middle that I thought was quite interesting where he says, if you are an atheist, you do have to believe that the main point in all the religions of the whole world is simply one huge mistake. Mm. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. And I love that Christianity allows the liberty to pull from ancient texts mm-hmm. all over the world and all of, all other religious uh tradition yeah 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 i thought that was really cool it was really eye-opening to me when i learned in school that you don't have to completely reject like every other religion like you can accept parts of it is true that line up with scripture like for example i was thinking about um the jewish god versus like the islamic god allah like they have some things in common and it's like you can agree with them about those things but they also have some things very not in common so that's like where it why it's different but But, it's the same god just a different interpretation of that same god uh, it's not really the same god because they don't believe in the trinity so right i don't c.s lewis will technically the same will challenge that next chapter oh will he oh okay wait i don't remember that Hey, I mean, C.S. Lewis, just because he wrote a lot more books than us doesn't mean he knows a lot more than us, necessarily. I mean, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if the Trinity makes them the same God, because if if it's not the same, then, like, Jesus isn't part of it, you know? We're jumping ahead of ourselves. We'll reopen yeah. this can of anyway, worms when we get anyway, to chapter anyway, anyway. two. <laughs> yeah. Very good. What would your note say? Um, That, that was... That oh, that was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very it's different God. Yeah. Yeah. That they're like, there's some parts that are like the same and that we agree about, but then there's a lot that's different too. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like completely disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Different God, but same God. We'll come back to that. (laughs) Okay. I'll continue. But of course, being a Christian does mean thinking that where Christianity differs from other religions, Christianity is right and they are wrong. So I think that's what you mean when you start, when you say the difference between Islam and Christianity and the Trinity, that's one of the branches that makes Christianity Christianity. Do you disagree? <laughs> Can you repeat that? <laughs> I'm just going to say it straight out. No, you just can, can repeat what you said because... Well, you, okay, because where Christianity differs mm-hmm. is where Christians believe Christianity holds the truth yeah. and other religions are wrong yes yeah but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean that it's a different god not necessarily no but i i feel like it depends on the religion Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah c.s lewis writes more on the first page the first big division of humanity is into the majority who believe in some kind of god or gods and the minority who do not and I thought that was really fascinating because mm-hmm. growing up, I never assumed most people believed in God or yeah. supernatural power. And then you get older and you talk to more people about it, at least here in America, uh, even being where we are on the West Coast, it's like a lot of people believe in something. They believe in something higher above. They believe in something a little more than just serendipity and karma. Um and I actually decided to do some research on this point. Ooh. Uh-huh. Ooh. And in my Googlings, <laughs> I discovered that over 63% of Americans believe in God as of 2014, according to the Pew Research Group. Wait, how many? 63%. Oh. Wow, that's more than half. That's a lot more than I thought. It's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. And as of, I don't know if it's the, if it's 2014, but as of around the 2010s, heard this on a podcast, (laughs) a different one, different one, take it with (laughs) a grain of salt, uh, over 70% of Americans identify as Christian, 
whether that means they're going to church or like, you know, non-denomination is not clear if that just means I believe in a God, I was raised Christian, you know. Yeah. Christian's very broad term in, in America, but that yeah. really stunned me as well. Yeah. 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 That's crazy, actually. But that is declining. Yeah. And the 63% margin is also declining. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think culturally, people are... You know, I fall victim to this all the time, and I'm sure it's a, it's a sin, and I can't think of the, the word for it, but just wanting to look smart or appear like you know more than you do, and I think it's really common to fall into this trap in secular culture, in our culture of America. Uh, we want to appear like we are a lot more up to date and aware of the world around us, and a lot of... Uh, the media that's pushed over social media or over mainstream news channels is very secular. Yeah. And on TikTok and Instagram, online, I'm saying like everywhere, if you're not a Christian person, it's not very Christian. Yeah. It's a lot of do what you want, be what you want. And they also have a really weird idea of what Christianity is, as well as I think a weird idea of what most religions are from mm-hmm. the outside. Um, so I think that's bouncing a lot of young people off of it because they see this image of Christianity or of other world religions as something that's not, and they bounce off of it or they go in on maybe a negative version of it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how can I know for sure? Yeah. Why do you think it is? I I definitely agree. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I think because America's very individualism era. Yeah. You know, I, I forgot exactly when that started with... Oh, you know what? I think it was... Mm, you know what? I don't know. It was somewhere in the... Maybe it was the Enlightenment with... um, What's his face? Immanuel Kant and all of that. And his, like, be your own free thinker, you know, kind of thing. I think that definitely made America very individualist. Because if you look at other countries that aren't and that are more traditional and, like, family-oriented, like, they are more religious. Whereas, like, you know, we're just kind of loosey-goosey. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's it's a tricky thing to answer. Yeah. Um, If you look at scripture... You know, people believing in God less leads to more heretics. More heretics leads to God's punishment and wrath. Um, so it's scary. Yeah, it's scary to think of an America that's irreligious. Yeah, since it was founded with such stern religious principles. Yeah, uh, you can just read the Declaration of Independence to get a hint of just how interwoven God and the Judeo-Christian philosophy is with this country yeah so it's crazy i can't tell you why exactly people aren't believing all i can say is that you know we can feel it yeah 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 moving on to page two Two. now i go on to the next big division people who all believe in god can be divided according to the sort of god they believe in there are two very different ideas on this subject one of them is the idea that he is beyond good and evil We humans call one thing good and another thing bad, but according to some people, that is merely our human point of view. These people would say that the wiser you become, the less you would want to call anything good or bad, and the more clearly you would see that everything is good in one way and bad in another, and that nothing could have been different. The other and opposite idea is that God is quite definitely good or righteous. A God who takes sides, who loves love and hates hatred, who wants us to behave in one way and not in another. The first of these views, the one that thinks God beyond good and evil, is called pantheism. The other view is held by Jews, Mohammedans, and Christians. And when C.S. Lewis says Mohammedan, I googled that as well, that's Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? I think anyone who would agree to this, like, completely... I feel like the end of the first book is very agreeable. Like, you've reached a very agreeable ground of, like, okay, yes, people all have this, like, internal moral compass sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 
um, whether you believe in a god or not. I feel like if you were to go then and say, oh yeah, I, I think pantheism's like a thing, that completely like refutes everything that you just agreed to. Like if there's no, if you don't think that there's a good or bad or it's all kind of like the same to God or it's just however you label it, like that doesn't make any sense with our morality. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting because if you think about it, it just, yeah, it completely ruins the first book. <laughs> yeah. I can understand the view uh, because I, I think I was sort of arguing for it in the first episode or two, first one, of this like naturalistic kind of viewpoint of God as like sort of the machine engine of the universe itself and not so much a lived entity like mind who intentionally set forth the universe. Hmm. I guess pantheism is a bit like just sort of a karmic force. Yeah. No good or evil. There's acts in positive or negative direction. Yeah. But that doesn't get us to Christianity. No. And the warmth and the comfort that the gospel provides. Yeah. It gets us to like pagan traditions, mm -hmm. appreciation and sort of worship of seasons. Hmm. C.S. Lewis writes, pantheists usually believe that God, so to speak, animates the universe as you animate your body, that the universe almost is God, so that if it did not exist, he would not exist either, and anything you find in the universe is a part of God. The Christian idea is quite different. They think God invented and made the universe, like a man making a picture or composing a tune. If you do not take the distinction between good and bad very seriously, then it is easy to say that anything you find in this world is a part of God. This is really where my brain becomes mush. <laughs> Tell me why. Because he's arguing these complex rationalities. No, I, no, simple rationalities for really complex, like, engines mm -hmm. of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And it just it boggles my mind. It's hard to accept, I'd say. What part of it do you think, like? Well, because what he's building towards is that the root of God is good. And he's going to lay it out way more eloquently. But to get to good, you need to get past the universe. Mm -hmm. I think we just better keep rolling ahead. Okay. <laughs> Confronted with a cancer or a slum, the pantheist can say, if you could only see it from the divine point of view, you would realize that this also is God. The Christian replies, don't talk damned nonsense. For Christianity is a fighting religion. It thinks God made the world. That space and time, heat and cold, and all the colors and tastes and all the animals and vegetables are things that God made up out of his head as a man makes up a story. But it also thinks that a great many things have gone wrong with the world that God made and that God insists and insists very loudly and are putting them right again. And that's where Christianity starts to really click. In my mind because mm -hmm. that's where it becomes we can't have the pantheist philosophy because the pantheist philosophy tells us to almost sort of just do nothing to just be because being is the best you can be but the christian philosophy says being is great in christ yeah because christ lays out by being good and respecting God's commands, he fulfills his promises. And our life is more fulfilling for it. Mm -hmm. They're saying in the Christian philosophy, if you see wrong, don't do nothing. They're saying if you see a slum, don't just say that's God's will for these people in this land. It's God's will 
to send people that he's chosen to give aid to that land, to bring that land prosperity, to show them God and the gospel. Yeah. To 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 give to resurge their economy, to help those people grow out of their circumstances. Yeah. And that's such a more useful philosophy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you have it as like anything evil or anything that is bad isn't God's will, everything else sort of makes sense. Because like we're commanded to serve one another and to go and take care of each other. And it's like, why would we need to do that if there wasn't something disrupting the good in the first place? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind that, like, if some people maybe get it a little bit twisted and say, well, no, they're in that bad spot because God wants them there and, like, he placed them there. And, yes, of course, he placed them there and they're in that spot for a reason, but we're not supposed to just leave them like that. Like, that's not a result of anything that God intended. And who's to say, also, you're not God. So you don't know how much of God's hand is on that situation. Yeah. Yeah, it may have placed them there. Yeah. But guaranteed, the hand of God's not keeping them there. Yeah. They are, more than that, the enemy inside of them is, yeah, you know, that's where like the anxiety, incessant negative thinking, and uh, just bad habits and personal, uh, yeah, yeah, issues start rising in that person, attacking them from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And it's not God doing that to them, which is important for us to appreciate as a Christian. Yeah. It's the enemy. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you took it internally, like in an internally bad place. For some reason, my mind went to like geographically bad place where like somewhere that's just like impoverished or something like that. Maybe some people think that people were born in a certain place for a reason because they're like intrinsically bad and like God's punishing them or something like that or punishing a country because their economy is really bad or something. But it's like, no, that's not a result of God. That's just a result of like sin in the world and not even internally from people, like even though internally like people are sinful, but like it's just everywhere, like outside of us too. So that's just, that's just part of it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. C.S. Lewis writes, that raises a very big question. If a good God made the world, why has it gone wrong? My argument against God was that the universe seems so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? He goes on. A man feels wet when he falls into water because man is not a water animal. A fish would not feel wet. Of course, I could have given up my idea of justice by saying it was nothing but a private idea of my own. Thus, in the very act of trying to prove that God did not exist, in other words, that the whole of reality was senseless, I found I was forced to assume that one part of reality, namely my idea of justice, was full of sense. Consequently, atheism turns out to be too simple. If the whole universe has no meaning, We should never have found out that it has no meaning. Just as if there were no light in the universe, and therefore no creatures with eyes, we should never know it was dark. Dark would be without meaning. Such a fascinating logical argument at the end there. Yeah, this is the part where my brain turned into mush, because I was like, wait a second. Like, you can't, oh my gosh, it's like, ugh, I don't know. You can't not know something that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that made any sense. No, it does. But because the, the, like, the pure fact that there is being proves so much to the nature of our reality. Yeah. And it, this is where the dualists get it from. Like, to be alive, you must there must be death. To be on, there must be off. To be light, there must be dark. Yeah. And it just turtles everywhere mm-hmm. from there. The duality of everything. Yeah. So if there's no meaning, there must be meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense in my brain now. I I don't think I have much more, really, uh, anything of substance to add after that. I could ramble a little bit, but do you have anything? <laughs> no. I, that ends chapter one for me. Same. Cool. Are we ready to move on? Then? We're ready to move on then. To the invasion. Oh, I love where he goes in this because it makes me feel like we're all in the middle of a grand sci-fi epic. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, would you like to start us off? Oh, sure. Okay. He says, well, very well then. Atheism is too simple. And I will tell you another view that is also too simple. It is the view that I call Christianity in water. The view which simply says there is a good God in heaven and everything is all right. Leaving out the difficult and terrible doctrines about sin and hell and the devil and redemption. So... This reminded me of, well, the Christianity in water mm-hmm. reminds me of um, what we call today, like, lukewarm Christians, <laughs> who just kind of, like, kind of go to church maybe here and there and, like, eh, kind of doing this God thing, but kind of doing their own thing also. I think, like, Christianity in water, that made, that, that was really funny to me because it reminded me of something being, like, diluted. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting image. Yeah. I think I like that even better than lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, he's going, he's saying it's the idea of a Christian that is like Christian in title. Yeah. Like you said, lukewarm Christian, they do some of the things and go to the events and like, it's like a social club instead of yeah. a, instead of a discipline yeah. that they're building or living in. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. He says, you know, some people leave out the difficult and terrible doctrines or even just the things that they don't like. Mm -hmm. And that reminded me of something. And I think it's called Prosperity Gospel, which is Mm. like running rampant right now. There's a movie I would love to watch with you about the Prosperity Gospel. That's called The American Gospel. Oh, that sounds so good. I had to mention it. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, that's that's just all I was going to mention is prosperity gospel is basically like picking and choosing the things that you like and like excommunicating, excommunicating the things that you don't, mm-hmm. which is not what Christianity is or is supposed to be at all. Prosperity gospel takes that and they move things around in such a way to project this image of Christianity that's not real. Ooh. Yeah, because it's like what they're selling is pray, love Jesus give us money mm-hmm. and you'll become rich pray for money you'll become rich yeah they're basically pitching the christian faith as like a genie and a bottle oh my goodness yeah isn't that basically what like the catholic church church did in some of their darker years back then? Yeah, yeah yeah interesting yeah you could buy forgiveness yeah oh my gosh mm-hmm. that's so terrible that's like the opposite okay <laughs> Before I get worked up, we should probably move on. Do you have anything okay. else to say? I do not. Okay. I'm ready to continue with C.S. Lewis's pretty words here. All right. Would you like me to continue? Yeah, or? go ahead. Okay. When you try to explain the Christian doctrine as it really is held by an instructed adult, they then complain that you are making their head turn and that it is all too complicated and that if there really were a God, they are sure he would have made religion simple. Because simplicity is so beautiful, blah, 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 blah. You must be on your guard against these people, for they will change their ground every minute and only waste your time. Notice, too, their idea of God making religion simple, as if religion were something God invented, and not his statement to us of certain quite unalterable facts about his own nature. Besides being complicated, reality in my experience is usually odd. That's the beginning of the next paragraph, so it's a little out of nowhere there, but <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Because there is a strange simplicity, I think, to the secular atheist argument of matter is, therefore, we are matter, the end. It actually, when broken down by some atheists, when I tried to break it down when I was, well, before I was a believer... I I think I would like really go hard on the explanations of like the Big Bang and like how we're all made of stars and stuff. <laughs> and it's like you can go down that matter hole for ages because yeah. it literally took millions and millions of years, hundreds of millions, billions of years. But it doesn't, and we talked about this in previous episodes, doesn't get close to explaining the experience of people yeah i heard recently on a podcast i love this interpretation um but i'll be honest i don't think it i don't know if it falls in line with christian philosophy i think it might be pantheistic mm. but i thought it was a really beautiful pantheistic interpretation it was that it's as though the universe is us experiencing itself whoa yeah but i love it because that to me that speaks so much 
to God. Because I like that idea and it makes things make so much sense to me. Mm. More so if there's a creator behind it. Mm. Even more so if we are like fragments of that creator creating more of his creations into eternity. Yeah. Yeah. It just, sorry, it made me think of that. No, no, that's so cool. And shout out the the pod. Do you know what podcast? You remember what it was? You can give them a shout I do. Out. They don't need it. They're, they don't they're need one it? of the biggest podcasts in the world. Okay, well. <laughs> I would really oust myself as a very basic man. <laughs> Even though I love the podcast so much. Oh, boy. This is going to get me on a tangent. He was talking to a fellow <laughs> who was, uh, who, who teaches on YouTube he does video essays about ancient civilizations. And so they were just talking about big stuff. <laughs> talking about Atlantis and the Sumerians and the ancient Egyptians. And it was a great time. It was a good listen. So nice. If you're into ancient aliens, man. Joe Rogan. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not ancient aliens, but ancient civilizations. Yeah. Which makes you wonder. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Alrighty. Getting um, back on track here. Yeah, let's reel it. Okay. C.S. Lewis writes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Before you go on, um, the part where he's talking about um, like the gospel being really simple but really complicated at the mm. same time, I adore that concept because it's something like we can teach our six year olds in Sunday school and they can go and tell other people and like other people will get it, and it's also something you can study forever and never know everything yeah. i think that's the most interesting thing ever that's all i wanted to say continue reality in fact is usually something you could not have guessed that is one of the reasons i believe christianity it is a religion you could not have guessed it is just that queer t- twist about it that real things have the problem is not simple and the answer is not going to be simpler either what is the problem A universe that contains much, that is obviously bad and apparently meaningless, but containing creatures like ourselves who know that it is bad and meaningless. There are only two views that face all the facts. One is the Christian view, that this is a good world that has gone wrong, but still retains the memory of what it ought to have been. The other is the view called dualism. Dualism means the belief that there are two equal and independent powers at the back of everything one of them good and the other bad, and that this universe is the battlefield in which they fight out an endless war. I personally think that next to Christianity, dualism is the manliest and most sensible creed on the market, but it has a catch in it. The two powers or spirits or gods, the good one and the bad one, are supposed to be quite independent. They both existed from all eternity. Neither of them made the other, Neither of them has any more right than the other to call itself God. That was a lot. Yeah. So let's break it down. We're talking about dualism. What exactly is that? It's like yin and yang. Yes, that's a really good way of describing it. But like, it's an infinite balance of good and evil. Yeah. In the universe. Mm-hmm. I can't put it any better than him, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's just like one force that loves all the good and then one force that loves all the bad and they're just battling like Earth is their battlefield. I think he says that. Yeah. At another point. He does. Yeah. It's like I want to talk more about it, but I know that he's going to go into what I'd want to talk about next. Yeah. So maybe we should just continue. Okay. And if you want to read the full book, we highly recommend it because we're yeah. abridging much of this. Yeah. He uses a lot of clear-cut examples and just really elaborates his idea much much better. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we continue on to another paragraph. But the moment you say that you are putting into the universe a third thing in addition to the two powers, some law or standard or rule of good which one of the powers conforms to and the other fails to conform to, But since the two powers are judged by this standard, then this standard, or the being who made this standard, is farther back and higher up than either of them. 
and he will be the real God. Aha. So what exactly is dualism's catch then? Yes, that's right. The catch is that these two entities are equally strength and practically gods. Mm -hmm. But what CS is arguing, human beings have this distinct favor towards one of them. And they use it as a barometer for the other one. Therefore, that must be a more powerful entity. Mm -hmm. The dualist view is almost this weird legalistic argument to get around Christianity mm-hmm. by saying there's these two entities, good, evil, and ignoring the fact that we favor one of them more than the other. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he also mentioned that um, if this were a thing, like if this were real, there would have to be an outside force greater than even the good and the evil force to determine one of them good and one of them bad. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it falls apart is because in dualism, it's like dual too. Like the third party doesn't exist. Yeah. So that's also kind of where it falls apart. Yeah. But yeah. Shall we continue? Yes. If dualism is true, then the bad power must be a being who likes badness for its own sake. But in reality, we have no experience of anyone liking badness just because it is bad. The nearest we can get to is cruelty. Ooh. Mm. Mm. And there are cruel people. Oh, yeah. There are bad people. There are, like, people who had a bad upbringing, bad chemistry, and did terrible bad things all throughout history mm-hmm. on varying scales from the individual to the global. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's serial murderers and there's world conquerors. I know, dark stuff. <laughs> we won't get any more dark than that. So Benito Mussolini was... No. <laughs> <laughs> won't get any more dark than that <laughs> but uh that is that is to say they are the outliers mm-hmm. moving on and if they're not the outliers that is to say there is a blanket over society in modern times now in america that holds the good to the standard yeah. And not the bad. Yeah. We expect a bare level of goodness from everybody yeah. and not the other way around. Yeah. Important to Judeo-Christian society. Yeah. Probably society in general. Yeah. Uh, but definitely this one. Yeah. Continuing on. Wickedness, when you examine it, turns out to be the pursuit of some good in the wrong way. You can be good for the mere sake of goodness You cannot be bad for the mere sake of badness. You can do a kind action when you are not feeling kind and when it gives you no pleasure, simply because kindness is right. But no one ever did a cruel action simply because cruelty is wrong, only because cruelty was pleasant or useful to him. In other words, badness cannot succeed even in being bad in the same way in which goodness is good. Goodness is, so to speak, itself. Badness is only spoiled goodness. And there must be something good first before it can be spoiled. Love this point. This is the part where like your mind can go crazy because you think about so many different things. Pretty much anything you can think about started off as good. And so like I feel like it really proves that it was, I don't know, everything was spoiled by badness. Like cells started out as good and then they turn into cancer somehow and that makes it bad. Like... You could just, I don't know, I spent a few minutes thinking about all that. I'm like, wait a minute, that was good because it was this and now it's bad because it's now this and it was spoiled. Yeah. Anyway, Mm -hmm. it was really interesting. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I'm thinking about life and death. Yeah. It's so, it's like the poetic nature of our reality. Yeah. Just as you cannot have something start bad when you are born you are this pure baby. Yeah. And as you get older, you decay and decay and decay. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, any more words would ruin it, but <laughs> it's just so beautiful to me. Yeah. Yeah. And how he's connecting this idea of goodness and the way things generally all start good, as you said. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So good. 
In order to be bad, he must have good things to want and then to pursue in the wrong way. He must have impulses which were originally good in order to be able to pervert them. Put it more simply still, to be bad, he must exist and have intelligence and will. But existence, intelligence, and will are in themselves good. Therefore, he must be getting them from the good power. Even to be bad, he must borrow or steal from his opponent. And do you now begin to see why Christianity has always said that the devil is a fallen angel? This is not a mere story for children. It is a real recognition of the fact that evil is a parasite, not an original thing. Mm. That's so fascinating. So good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. this part made me think about what did Satan want that was good? I was thinking about it. I I came up with um, authority, love, and independence. Because those things inherently I don't think are bad, but they got so, like, perverted because he wanted to have those things more than, like, he wanted them to be above God. Like, he wanted to have greater authority, be loved more, be more, and be completely independent from God. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, it's okay for, like, us to want these things, but again, like, they get perverted so easily. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But I freely admit that real Christianity goes much nearer to dualism than people think. One of the things that surprised me when I first read the New Testament seriously was that it talked so much about a dark power in the universe, a mighty evil spirit who was held to be the power behind death and disease and sin. The difference is that Christianity thinks this dark power was created by God and was good when he was created and went wrong. Christianity agrees with dualism that this universe is at war, but it does not think that this is a war between independent powers. It thinks it is a civil war, a rebellion, and that we are living in a part of the universe occupied by the rebel. Mm. That is so cool because I can imagine a world a perfect world created by God, so similar to ours, but where the mechanisms of death, decay, and sin are working as intended. Where maybe there's like a smooth transcendence in lifetime. Mm -hmm. Lessons learned, growth, and positive change. And that was a guaranteed just like river of experience for each and every soul but then satan the enemy his fallen angel corrupted that idea and created in humans a manipulation of these of disease and death and sin and made it so it was much more of a tug of war yeah than god originally intended for it to be yeah yeah and the christian narrative itself is trying to express that to his people and express his vision and idea for a kingdom in which that tug of war is gone because it was defeated and souls can progress the way he was it was intended for us to yeah shall i go on yes c.s lewis continues enemy occupied territory that is what this world is Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed, you might say landed in disguise, and is calling us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. When you go to church, you are really listening in to the secret wireless from our friends. That is why the enemy is so anxious to prevent us from going. That's right. Did you hear that? People go to church. (laughs) I know someone will ask me, Do you really mean at this time of day to reintroduce our old friend, the devil, hooves, horns, and all? I am not particular about the hooves and horns, but in other respects, my answer is yes, I do. (laughs) Next week. Next week on Satan. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Next week, we will be covering chapters three and four of this book, (laughs) the shocking alternative and the perfect penitent Mm -hmm. so good so good 
C.S. Lewis is just grabbing the doors to my brain and throwing his foot through them, <laughs> smashing away every ounce of old secular thought I clung on to. Ooh, love that. Melissa, what do you think? I am really excited. i i think that this is this is so good and i love it because it lines up a lot with um what i'm learning Mm. in school too so i'm like oh my gosh like i can see and it's cool seeing it from his perspective it's cool seeing it from all sorts of different theologian perspectives because like while it's all the same, they all have present similar ideas and like analogies and examples and things like that. And it's so cool to see that like it all makes sense and like lines up, but they all express it so creatively. And yeah. 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 We didn't really get back to it. So I want to get back to it briefly here. We touched on it, but we didn't mention it again. Uh, do Muslims believe in the same God as Christians and Jews? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I agree with C.S. Lewis and say they do. Um, but I say that with knowing very little about the religion, having just read like 40 pages of the Quran and kind of put it down. (laughs) (laughs) So I have no real right to say that I agree with him other than he seems like a smart cookie. Thoughts? What part does he, does he say that or does he mention that? Uh, the part where he mentioned the Muhammadines, I think it's in chapter two. Right after he speaks on dualism. I think it was it I think it was right after he spoke on pantheism in chapter you're one. Right. You're so right it is. The, oh yeah, you're right. It is about pantheism and the other one. Yeah. Because there's pantheism and then there's Well, he doesn't really name it, but I guess it would be monotheism. Yeah. 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 We'll call it that for this. Um Yeah. Do you want me to read it? No, it just, it says okay. that um, the last line, it says that the the other view, which would be monotheism, is held by Jews, Mohammedans, and Christians. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, when I, I studied um, Islam a little bit in school when we were learning about other religions, and they constantly make the argument that Christians aren't monotheistic because... Um, they think the Trinity is three gods, whereas we say, no, we are monotheistic because the Trinity is one essence, but three beings. Like, it's still one god, just, like, three essences. So, I think the fact that they disagree with us and kind of maybe, um, misunderstand a little bit makes our gods different. Because they think, like, their god, Allah, is just one, one singular entity mm-hmm. whereas we have three that's why i think our gods are different but then at that point you're arguing that the jewish god is different than the christian god i think it's just a matter of interpretation i don't is the islam god the jewish i don't think is it are you sure <laughs> i'm shaking my head yes i mean i have no right to be sure but I i'm mean, confident i'm not is. sure i didn't think it was i just assumed it wasn't but maybe i'm wrong i don't know i have no idea to be honest i believe it's canonical that it's all they're all that we are is muslims christians and jews are all worshiping the abrahamic god it's just a different interpretation oh i think i get it now Essentially, they believe in, like, God the Father like we do. They just don't think Christ is a part of it or, like, the Holy Spirit is a part of it. But it's, like, the They think same. Christ is a part of it. He's a, He was a prophet. Yeah, so. a prophet, but not, like, not God. Yeah. 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 Not a Messiah. What are they... So, they don't have the Holy Spirit either, then. I heard somewhere on a podcast <laughs> that I don't talk to people. I just listen to podcasts. <laughs> that maybe you told me this actually i i can't can't really remember but you'll tell me if not (laughs) that 
in Islam, uh, blessing is achieved through works. Yeah, yeah. And deeds. Yeah. Whereas in Christianity, uh, it's through repentance and atonement for sin and um, faith. It's not through anything you do. Yeah. Which, by the way, bonus fact, um, Christianity is the only religion in the world that is like that. So the fact that it's the odd one out kind of makes you a little suspicious, don't you think? I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Trying to convert all of our Muslim listeners. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean... We'll cut this out. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's an important distinction. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's vital. Because, I mean, imagine... I mean, imagine that working and striving your whole life and you're not even guaranteed to get into heaven. Like, what about what about accidents? Is there grace for accidents or for anything? Like, I don't know. Like, it just, it seems if you... introduction of grace is Yeah. Huge. Like, if you have to work for something, what's the point of grace? And mm-hmm. anyway. 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 <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, did you want to read a couple verses really I quick? I do want to read a couple of verses. Just to, um... From the Quran, right? <laughs> yes, no. and here's why. No. Um, no it's, it's the New Testament. It's the New Testament. So you have John 1.5, correct? Yeah. You know what? I kind of want to read the whole paragraph. Go for it. Because it's such a beautiful beginning. Yes. John 1. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Beautiful. Love that. Yes, C.S. Lewis was talking about... Um the light and the darkness earlier and and whatnot so figured that was very appropriate verse yeah it was Good but pick. um this one i really liked when he said christianity is a fighting religion it just reminded me of how many times in the bible it says like the lord will fight for you um so i picked this one that says that um so it's the lord speaking it is jeremiah 1 18 and 19 it says, today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. That uh, that concludes, that wraps up <laughs> the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is our one month anniversary. Yeah! Our um, one podcast anniversary. Mm-hmm. Aw, we should celebrate. We should celebrate. We celebrate with what? This is how we should celebrate. We should what? celebrate by telling everybody we know about the Christian Cookie Club. Whoa! Whoa! You mean you mean we're taking our ministry to the next level? <laughs> <laughs> to the next level. That is right. Whoa! I know. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you enjoyed our program, give us five stars, a like, subscribe, and tell your friends about the show. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been Yale. And Alyssa. Goodbye. Goodbye.